Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. going so glad that you are with us today if you haven't please share this let's get this out to as many people as we can let's send this to your friends your neighbors uh, your family whoever let's let's send the message of hope out as far as we possibly can today um it's been so good to see uh, just the reaction and some of the folks that have connected with us. And I want you to know, if it's your first time hanging out with us, you're a part of us. You're a part of Hope Community. And where you're at, no matter where it is, uh, Hope Community is taking place right where you're at. And you have just started your own <laughs> right there in your neighborhood. Your neighborhood is Hope Community. One thing that we have seen take place in the midst of all of this is that we are no longer bound by four walls, but we are everywhere. Wherever we're at, that's Hope Community because we're the church, right? So wherever we are, um, the Holy Spirit's with us and we're working and we're together and hope is going forward. That's Hope Community. And so we're so glad that you're a part of it. Um, We have been going through the Gospel of Luke during our summer adventure, and we're almost done. We're down to our last few chapters. Uh, We're looking at uh, chapter... 21. We're supposed to read 21 and 22 this past week. 23 and 24 are for next week, which uh, we're working on something special for those uh, next Sunday. I'm excited about it's going to be. It's just going to be awesome, and I don't want to give too much away, so I can't wait for that to happen. But there's good stuff happening this week too. All right, <laughs> so we're going to be looking at um, uh, Luke and chapter 21, and we're going to talk about something that um, I, I haven't maybe talk too much about, um, but feel like we need to. And that's one of the great things while you're reading uh, through a book um, that you're able to apply it to current uh, situations and things that you're going through. And I know that there's a lot of fear happening uh, right now, and there's a lot of scripture that's being used to amplify that fear. A lot of fear of the end of things and the apocalypse and the mark of the beast and the antichrist and all these different things. And um, I'm hoping we can bring some context and some hope today in some of the texts that we're going to talk about. But we're looking at Luke chapter 21, and uh, we're going to start with verse 5. And I'm going to read quite a bit, uh, so hang in there with us, all right? So Luke 21, starting with verse verse 5, it says, When some of them spoke about the temple being decorated, the beautiful stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, As for those things that you are looking at, a time is coming when not one stone will be left on another here, which will not be thrown down. So his followers questioned Jesus, But teacher, when will this be? And what sign will there be when this is near? Okay, so religious leaders are talking about how beautiful this temple is. Jesus basically says, um, there's going to be a time when this place is torn apart brick by brick. Of course, that's shocking, right? (laughs) And so the disciples ask, well, when is this about to take place? So Jesus is going to share when the temple is going to be destroyed and some things that's going to take place around that time. Okay? So Jesus says, see that you are not led astray, for many will take my name and come saying, I am the one, and the time is close at hand. Do not follow them. 
And when you hear of wars and, dis- and disturbances, do not be terrified, for these things must occur first, but the end will not come at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes and plagues and famines in various places, and there will be terrible appearances and signs in heaven. Before all of this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you, and they will betray you to synagogues and put you in prison when, uh, when, you, when you will be brought before kings and governors for the sake of my name. Then, you will, be, uh, then will be your opportunity of witnessing for me. The word witness there is also the Greek word for martyr, martus. Um, Make up your minds, therefore, not to prepare your defense, for I will myself give you words and a wisdom which all your opponents together will be unable to resist or defy. You will be betrayed even by your parents and brothers and sisters and relations and friends, and they will cause some of you to be put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. Yet not a single hair of your heads will be lost. By your endurance, you will win yourselves life. As soon, how, as soon, however, as you see Jerusalem surrounded by armed camps, then you may know that the hour of her destruction is at hand. Then those of you who are in Judea must take refuge in the mountains. Those who are in the city must leave at once, and those who are in the country places must now go into it. For these are to be the days of vengeance, when all that is written will be fulfilled. Alas, for pregnant women and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great suffering in the land and anger against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and will be taken prisoners to every land of Jerusalem. Will be under Every land of Jerusalem will be under the heel of the Gentiles until their day is over. There will be signs too in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, and on the earth despair among the nations in their dismay at the roar of the sea and the surge, people's hearts will fall, fail them through de- dread of what is coming upon the world, for the forces of heaven will be convulsed. Uh, then, then will be seen the child of humanity coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when those things begin to occur, look upward, lift your heads, for your deliverance will be at hand. And then he taught them. A lesson saying, look at the fig tree and all the other trees. As soon as they shoot, you know, as you look at them, without being told, the summer is near. And so may you, as soon as you see these things happening, know the realm of God is near. Okay. That's a whole lot to take in. Right? A little scary. Um, kind of like, when it, when is this going to happen? But hold on. There's one more verse. He says, I tell you that even the present generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. The sky and the earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be on your guard. Uh, Be on your guard or your minds will become dulled. So, what is Jesus talking about he's talking about something that's going to take place but how far out into the future is he speaking of well there's something here that's a time text that tells you when all this will take place he says that there will be some in this present generation that will see it a generation is normally around 40 years what happens in the next 40 years There's a pretty hefty event that happens 
uh, there's actually something that happens that Jesus said would happen. The temple is tore apart brick by brick, stone by stone. Uh, Jerusalem is surrounded and then destroyed. Um, a great amount of people, when they saw Jerusalem being surrounded, did take off and leave. And a lot of those were Christians, and the ones in Judea did flee to the mountains. So, <laughs> Jesus is speaking to his disciples, to that generation that, that's there. And he's sharing with them some events that are about to take place. And it ties into what's about to take place in the next few chapters here in Luke. Um, we're getting ready to get to the nitty-gritty. We're getting ready to get to uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the launch of the new covenant and the beginnings of the church and the, the beginnings of the message of the good news going everywhere. And so Jesus is showing through this language where he talks about signs in signs in the heavens and great earthquakes and plagues and, and famines. And uh, there's other places where he, he talks about uh, the heavens passing away. All of that is apocalyptic language speaking of things shifting. And you see it all throughout scripture. When governments shift, when religious systems shift, when a people shift, that language is used. And it wasn't just used by Christians and, and Jews. It was used by all kinds of different religions at the time. It was the poetic language of the moment to talk about when things change. It's almost like when, uh, when you hear the news media talking about a new president uh, taking office and that regime change, some of the language that they use, if we went back in time to this period, they would use language like the stars and the heavens and, 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 and fire. And that's what they would use to talk about a regime change. Okay, And so that's what uh, Jesus is talking about here. Um, he's talking about the Romans stamping down and coming in and really taking control of the region because of all the uproars, because there is wars and rumors of wars happening in that region and outside the Roman Empire. And so all of those things are taking place. Um, he also talks about um, persecution. And there was a great persecution coming to those who follow Jesus. Jesus talked about that all the time. He told them that it was coming. Um, one of the major issues that the religious system at the time and the empire had with the church as they were preaching good news was that there was no Jew nor Greek, that there was no slave nor free, that there was no male nor female, that all were created in the image of the Father and all were equal and all were loved and all were valuable. There was no difference. And so at these churches where they were where they were meeting in their homes, they were meeting in the streets, they were meeting at the temple, they were hanging out all the time, they would have these huge dinners, invite anybody to come, and so you would have a tax collector, a prostitute, a governor, a soldier, a, a, a business owner, and a homeless person all sitting at the same table, and they were all equal. And then men and women were eating together. And that really ticked people off, the religious system and empire. Um, it ticked a lot of uh, local governors off. And um, there's a story, uh, it's, it's from a, a, an ancient church writing called uh, the, uh, the Acts of Paul and Thecla. Uh, and, and some of it has grown to myth and legend, but the basis of the story is beautiful. And it, and it really shows you what uh, was happening at the time of the church. Um, Paul was preaching in this house and Thecla, uh, uh, a young lady was sitting outside uh, listening through a window 
and Paul was sharing this message that there's no, you know, there's no neither Jew nor Greek, that there's neither male nor female, that we're all created in the in the image of the Father, that we're equal, um, that no man can own another man, right, and no, and no man can own another woman, that we're all, you know, we're all children. Uh, that wrecked Thecla's heart. She had an encounter with Jesus, and so she she like goes in and listens more to Paul, uh, and then. Um, she basically decides, I, I want to be a messenger too. I, this message, need, everybody needs to hear this. I want to go tell everybody. Uh, so she goes to her family, and much to the chagrin of her mom and her fiancé, uh, you know, she's going to go preach. And they don't like it, and they don't want her to, and they try to talk her out, out of it. And Thecla's fiancé is furious because you have to understand, in that time, if you pledged yourself in marriage, then the husband basically owns you. That's how it is. Like the husband owned the wife. That's how it was in that culture. And so Thecla was basically saying, nope, that ain't happening. You don't own me. No one owns me. Uh, and I'm going to go be a messenger of this good news because I've had this radical encounter. Um, and so it so upset her family and her fiance that they took her to court and the court decided they were going to burn her at the stake. So um, she escapes that scenario and, and, goes after where Paul was, uh, to the next city that he was going to, and she, while she's looking for him, she's in the streets, and she's looking, and this governor in this city sees her, and she's described as a very beautiful woman. He sees her and decides he's going to take her, and he's going to own her, and so he confronts her, and Thecla says no, and so he literally puts his hands on her. He's going to take her, right? He's going to kidnap her and take her, and Thecla hits him, and when she hits him, his crown falls off. Well, that causes an uproar. They take her to court, and in that city, they decide that they're going to throw her to the lions in the, in the arena. And so there's some story there, and this is where it gets into kind of some myth and legend, but the, the story is basic. It, it's still, the story there is, and the basis of it, the truth that's there is that she's thrown in there because of this uh, heart in her that she... She has discovered her freedom in Christ, and she's not going to be owned by anybody. She's going to go preach this good news. And so that so frustrated empire and it frustrated religious systems that they were literally killing people over it, martyring them. And so in this moment where she's before all these animals and all these things and she's about to be eaten, she starts preaching. And it so touches the hearts of the women in the arena watching that they that they begin to understand that they are free. And uh, there's a beautiful part where um, she hadn't been baptized yet and she wanted to be baptized. So there's water there in the arena and she baptizes herself. Um, and then she escapes that scenario and then she goes and uh, preaches the good news wherever she is. And so... You know, that's a piece of literature that was a part of the first and second century church. Uh, there, There is some things that could be myth, could be legend out there. But the basis of the story and the telling of uh, how, uh, how disruptive and how freeing the good news was, like people were literally like, I, I don't, I'm not owned by anybody. I'm free in Christ. I am loved. I am valued. I am, uh, uh, you know, and that's been the message of Christianity from the beginning. That's what Jesus taught, right? And so that, that's how disruptive that message was. And so Christians were being martyred and killed for it. And like Jesus said, they were taken before governors in these different places, put in arenas, about to be burnt at the stake. And when they were asked to recant, they preached more good news. And it touched people's hearts in those places to where they found out who they really were. And it awakened them.
So the message here that we read in Luke 21 is Jesus speaking of what's about to take place in the first two or three centuries of the church. He's, he's telling, telling um, uh, those who have been connected with his old covenant forever, uh, this, this, this uh, idea of scapegoat, scapegoatism, all of that is about ready to end. Um, he talks about the temple being tore down brick by brick. Uh, he talks about the dangers of religious systems and empires and how it, it's going to bring about persecution. Uh, and then he gives the time text that this is going to happen in the next 40 or so years. Uh, so that's when that's taking place. Okay. What we can learn from this is, what we can learn from it is that um, ultimately love conquers all and that love really is the only credible theology that there is. Uh, it's, it's, it alone is credible. Um, it's what touches hearts. Love is what Thecla encountered in the story that I shared. Love is what the disciples encountered to where that they would later on go and be martyrs for this message. Um, you know, even, even uh, the encounter that Paul has with love on, you know, on his way to Damascus, um, he, he gives his life to that message. Um, that same love that we encounter is what awakens us to who we really are, right? And it and that love ultimately overwhelms us to where we start to reflect Christ to others. Okay, that's that's this message, and so uh, that's what we um, should take from this passage. We also should see the warnings of of uh, the danger of empire and the danger of religious systems and the real danger when the two combined. We should see that here. And um, like Jesus said, you, when you see signs, when you see stuff like this happen, it, it might be time for to, to, to move away from some stuff or to, 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 to distance ourselves. Okay. And so there's a, there's some warnings there that we should take heed in. And so um, the picture that this paints is that this scripture is not written to us but we can learn from it and we can grow from it. Um, this, the same goes with the book of Revelation. I want to throw this in too because I know there's been a lot of talk lately about the mark of the beast and the antichrist and all these different things. And and it can get a little crazy and a little overwhelming and, and you can get into some crazy conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff. And and what I, I want you to do the same thing with the text of Revelation that we just did with this text and really dig into the history of it, really dig it when it was written, and look at who it was written to, and understand that once again, it wasn't written to us, it's not written for future events, like way out past us, it's written within the generations that the text was actually written to be handed out to those churches at the time. And so when you look at that, and you start looking around the history that was going on, around that time with those churches, then you'll start seeing the picture being painted. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, the message of Revelation isn't about the Antichrist or the Mark of the Beast or any of that. The message of Revelation is the revelation of Christ and how love conquers all. Love wins in the end. That's that's the message of Revelation. Um, so... I, I would just encourage you to look at it from that perspective and not from... Because what happens? It, Revelation is painted as this big scary book. And honestly, it's only been painted as a scary book for the last hundred years. Before that, the church never saw it the way 
we in modernity, modern, we in modern times see it. Okay, um, it was never painted like that. Um, uh, I'm not going to go there, but that's not how it was painted. It was actually painted as a book of hope and of love and of life, and showing us the broader picture of how love wins. That's if you want a subtitle for Revelation, it's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Love wins, and how empire. And religious systems cannot overcome. Oh, they'll try. And they'll martyr people. They'll kill people. They'll do all kinds of different things. They'll try to ruin folks' lives. But ultimately, in the end, love wins and empire and religious systems fall. Boom. Revelation in a nutshell. Uh, so <laughs> it's something that was written to folks in the past. But the picture that we can learn from it is love wins. All right? So I hope that helped out some. And I, I'll, I'll go on to say this. Um, take what I said and you go study it for yourself. I'm going to post uh, on, on a blog in our website uh, some resources that you can go to and look and see some of the conclusions that I've come to, where I got those from. Uh, I'll put those on there for you so you can study for yourself and look and see. Uh, and if you have any questions and you want to talk about it, message me. And uh, maybe we can do a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever. And we'll talk about it. That's great. Um, but uh, my heart here today is that you would see hope in life in these messages uh, and, and, and not allow a scripture to be twisted and turned to bring fear and control into your life. Because like we said, the, the message of the good news is that you're free. That, that, that it's, you are at the table of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is your family. That's who you are. That's how you connect. And no one, no one is over you. You are free, my friend. Uh, so thank you guys for hanging out with us today. We love you. We see you. We see you. Um, if you've got stuff going on, uh, you need someone to talk to, you need someone to connect with, please message us. Talk to us. Uh, we'll help you however we can. If it's just a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to, or you just need connection with, with someone uh, to find some help, uh, we'll do it. Just let us know. Uh, we love you. Uh, go to our, 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 our website, wearehopecommunity.com, to get those resources, uh, what we just talked about today, but also to find blogs and posts and other things uh, that I really think can help you guys out. But other than that, thanks, you guys, for hanging out. We'll see you Tuesday night live at 7 o'clock with The Dwelling. Uh, have a good day. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure. <laughs>